Welcome to the Just Off Glen podcast with your host, Christy Alexander, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and change makers. Just Off Glen. Hi, listeners. Thanks for joining us for a new episode of the Just Off Glen podcast. I'm your host, Christy Alexander, owner of WorkSmart Coworking and Meeting Space in downtown Glens Falls. Hey, if you're finding that work from home life is full of distractions and that's keeping you from reaching your full potential, come surround yourself with high performers in our professional workspace and begin reaching your goals today. My guest for today's episode is the Executive Director of Tri-County Literacy Center, Roseanne Anzalone. Hi, Roseanne. Thank you so much for being here today. Christy, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited also because we've seen each other on screen, but this is our first time actually meeting in person. And so far, we've had no problem getting to know each other. So I wanted to hit record so that our listeners can get to know you as well. Fantastic. I'm, you know, you're right. It's so interesting. You meet people via Zoom. Um, and you're not really sure what their personality is because I think people are very different when they're on the screen. Yeah. Um, so it's nice that we're getting to go back out and getting to meet people in person. Really excited about Thank that. Thank God. <laughs> there is no replacement for face-to-face connection. I mean, I have missed it so much. I totally agree. I mean, for us, what we do um, at Tri-County, a lot of it is based on people's personalities and Uh, matching teams so that way they're successful. I don't really get that same essence as when I'm in the room with somebody and I can feel their body reaction to different situations. Right, It's just so enlightening. So I'm very, very happy that we're starting to go back to in-person. I can't imagine what kind of a challenge that's been. And I think I want to hear more about that. But let's go back to the beginning and start with um, who is tri-county literacy and how did they get their start and uh then we'll then we'll talk about who you serve so tri-county is really had a presence in the community for quite a number of years we've had uh, many iterations um we actually started in the area in 1967 oh wow uh So back in 1962 with the census in Syracuse, there was a lady named Ruth Colvin who found that 5% of the population in Syracuse was illiterate. And she was really, really upset about that, that there was 5% of her neighbors that couldn't read school notes, couldn't read prescription bottles, any of that. So she decided to start a movement in the Syracuse area. She met another lady named... um, uh, now I'm going blank here, Um, but but she met Rhoda Baker Henry at a Ladies Presbyterian Conference um, and initiated a program here in Glens Falls. So we've been here since 1967. Uh, It's a group of volunteers who basically want to improve the lives of their neighbors. Okay. Um, So they are trained tutors. They take training with us um, a number of different ways, Um, but they are just people who in their heart, want to see their neighbors do better. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about the training. So I noticed, actually, I stumbled upon 
Tri-County Literacy Center because I noticed that SUNY Adirondack was offering a literacy training. So um, you say that there are other opportunities. So talk about that a little bit. So the training that happens through SUNY Adirondack, we're very lucky. Uh, The director of continuing education at the college um, herself used to be a literacy volunteer. Oh, nice. And so she has a, a soft spot in her heart for literacy. Um, as an educator, it's something that's really, really important to us, important to her. Is so that Kaylin? That's Kaylin Prilo. Very good. And Kaylin um, has offered to allow us to do our training through the college. So they advertise it for us. We use their space. Um, we use their Zoom account. Um, and they market it for us. They collect a little fee. And, and it works out great for both of us because we have a structure for where to do that. Um, the training, you could t- do it uh, three different ways. The one that we're doing currently is via Zoom through the college. Okay. So nobody has to come in for that. It's all distance. We're doing it via Zoom accounts and computers. The other one is an in-person class that's going to start um, in later in March. Oh, so, okay. So we're actually going back to in-person. So we're, we're happy to see that. We'll see... Um, hopefully COVID will allow us to go back to that in person. (laughs) And where will that be held? That's also going to be on the SUNY Adirondack campus. Okay. All right. Um, And we'll link to all of this information in our show notes for our listeners to be able to find all of that. Perfect. Perfect. And each of those trainings are five weeks, two hours a week, and they're on Tuesday evenings. Okay. So if somebody is on a set schedule and that works for them and they want a tutor in person or an active tutor, uh, active trainer, those are the perfect options for them. Okay. If somebody has a really tight schedule and they can't figure out um, how to work in a class at the same time every week like that, we do a computer-based training. Okay. Um, and that is through Literacy New York in Buffalo, and they have allowed us to use their online system, which is a really great program, but you can do it at your own speed, at home, on your computer, and you have a link to that forever. They never okay. take away your account, so you always have your notes. Oh, wow. So that's so really kind of neat. refresh. Exactly. It's, that's uh, definitely training on your terms. That's awesome. It is, and we're really lucky that they developed that, and they're allowing other literacy organizations in the state to use that. Um, it's been for us when we first started training, because we first started during a COVID epidemic, Okay. So there was no way to really get people in person. And that Goodness. was really kind of a lifesaver for us because it allowed us to continue training tutors and taking in learners. So that way we could continue the program in spite of the pandemic. That's wonderful. I love the way that uh, the the community, SUNY Adirondack and others in the community are um, embracing what you're doing, but also finding creative ways to support what you're doing. Talk a little bit about who you serve. I love to know more about um, your clients and, you know, the demographic that you exist to serve. So we have a very diverse demographic. Um, there's four categories of learners that we assist. The first group is anyone who doesn't know the alphabet, doesn't know their numbers, all the way through having, say, a fifth grade education. Okay. So that means that they're comfortable with maybe reading the Chronicle or the Post Star, that level of newspaper. Um, they can do uh, balance their checkbook. 
they can do simple math. They can take a recipe, double it, half it. So it's that level. Okay. Anybody beyond that, we hope that we can help them pass the high school equivalency exam. So we'll start helping them prepare for that. Okay. Um, and that's five tests that they need to take and pass. If anybody's ever heard of the GED or the task, that's what we give mm-hmm. here in New York State is the GED. So that's that group of individuals. Then another group that we have is anybody who comes into the area who needs assistance learning English as their new language. Okay. Um, so we do have, we hear all the time, we don't have a really diverse uh, community here in the Glens Falls Tri-County region, but we really, really do. We work with people from a number of different countries. We have um, people who speak Portuguese, Ukrainian, Spanish, Russian. I mean, it's just a really diverse population here in the community. And so we help those folks blend in. Um, We help them learn. um, They may have taken English in school, but we speak American. We don't really speak English. There's a Uh lot of nuances to the language. So we help them... um, learn more how to, to fit in with the local community. And then we help people who want to become U.S. citizens. So we'll help them study for the for the exam and file the paperwork to, to go through the process. That's amazing. I have to be honest, I had no idea that a community like yours existed here. That, I'm sorry, not a community, but an organization existed to serve this community. I'm blown away. This is very exciting. Yeah, our, our volunteers are amazing. Um, you can only train somebody to do so much, and then after that, they have to take the initiative to really learn how to do these things sure. to help somebody because they are working on what people need immediately in their life in order to make it better. And so they're constantly adapting. They're constantly training themselves Um and it comes from a place of truly just wanting to hit, assist somebody. A desire so, to serve. Yeah, it, it's they're amazing. I was blown away when I came into the organization because it's not just two people or three people. It's 60 people, 70 people that just have this mentality. I'm going to change my neighbor's um, life. And they do it. It's They're just crazy amazing. I, I just, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm in awe of them. Well, Roseanne, you and I talked a little bit before we hit record here, and it kind of sounds to me like you set the tone for that. Tell our listeners a little bit about how someone with an IT background got involved in Tri-County Literacy Center. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that's kind of not a straight line. Right. Um, <laughs> so I my career has been in educational technology and college IT. That's where I've spent most of my life um, helping teachers teach using technology. Uh, when I got to 55, the deal I had with my children was that once they were on their own and didn't need me anymore, that I was going to pursue what I always wanted to do. And that was um, I wanted to... Um, teach people how to speak English as a next language. Nice. So um, I was actually, I took took the class at SUNY Adirondack with the idea that that's what I was going to do. When I got into the class, I came to find out that they were having difficulty. The organization um, that was in place at that time um, was having some difficulty with leadership. Uh, it, It was, there was a lot of issues. And so 
I asked them what it was that wasn't working for them. And they said they just, you know, things were changing. It was becoming a computer environment. It was, there was a lot of technology involved. They needed somebody with more of a business mindset. Um, And it just seemed more of a fit for me than actually doing the tutoring myself, because that's kind of where my um, skills lie okay. is an organization. When you're an IT person, you tend to be pretty meticulous with details. And sure. so it was just a better fit for me. Um, so I said I would do it for a little while. And that was in 2017. Okay. <laughs> so, but, but I love it. I love the volunteers. It just became a situation that I could embrace it was exactly what I had wanted to do and thought I would have to go into the Peace Corps in order to do that. But here I was able to do it right here in my own community. So instead of taking off to some country for a couple of years and doing the Peace Corps, I'm doing it here with my neighbors um, and loving every minute of it. Oh, and and I can tell. I can tell that you're very passionate about what you do. So you came to the table with a particular skill set, and you admitted to me that um, you came to the table kind of fresh when it came to, you know, other various skills, but you do bring a very human element to this. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, my skills, um, I am not a trained teacher, Um Obviously, what we do is education-based. I've worked at colleges my whole life, but it's been supporting other teachers. I've done some adjunct work, but it's been very specific. Um, so where I've been lucky is I don't mind collaborating, and I actually love collaborating. Um, and IT is all about teamwork. So it's something that they drill into you from the day you walk into the college um, your freshman year is it's teamwork, 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 mm-hmm. which has really come to be very helpful for me sure. uh, because this is the kind of uh, community that loves teamwork. Um, anything that we do, the community has totally embraced us. And so that's been a very big positive. Uh, we attract people who want to change their community and make it better. Mm-hmm. So we've been very lucky. That's wonderful. And being able to, um, because you you now um, teach and train individuals to read yourself, so you don't just handle um, the IT or the administrative. You you got your hands in and rolled up your sleeves and got involved. And um, talk a little bit about that. So for um, for me, it's been a little bit different um, being the only employee. Um, and a organization with 60, anywhere up to 60 active teams at any one time, my ability to work with the students um, is very specific. So I don't tend to have a learner assigned to me at all times, but when people have issues with very specific topics, um, and it's something that's in my specialty, mm-hmm. math, science, those types of areas, and I'm able to work with the students in that to get them over those humps, Um, but most of the time I like to empower the tutors Mm -hmm. to gain that knowledge. So I tend to work a little bit more with the tutors because anytime a tutor gains knowledge, that's better for the entire organization because then they're going to share that knowledge with the next student that they work with and they feel better about jumping into areas that maybe they're not quite as comfortable with. Um, but I do do a lot of tutor training. 
Okay. Um, that's been a passion of mine um, is because I just love to hear um, why people come into the program, what they're hoping to get from it, mm-hmm. what their experiences are, um, and hearing them share what their experience have been in the past with tutor with learners that they've personally worked with. So I get that combination. I get that from the new tutors. I get experiences from the old tutors. Um, and it, I think that it helps me build a better program nice. because you're coming at it from so many different perspectives and right. there's so many things that I haven't thought about and they fill in the blanks for me. I love that. That gen- sounds like a very generous community of individuals who are not just willing to give up their time, but their, their expertise as well. They're always willing to share. I've, we have a mentoring program and I've never had anyone say, no, I won't mentor someone else. They're always like, oh, sure. Absolutely. When? It's always nice. when. Very so. nice. That's awesome. So um, you have a board of directors? We do. Um, so we represent three counties. We work okay. with individuals from Warren, Washington, and Saratoga County. Okay. And we have three members from each county um, that represent it. They serve um, three years each. So every year we have one individual that cycles out from each county. So um, in January we have new individuals who come on. Um, but again, we are we have a very active board. We're such a small group that they have to be a hands-on team. Right. Very, sure. very hands-on team. That's great. Talk a little bit about funding. What are, you know, where, where do you get your funding from? So um, we are privately funded. Okay. Um, we get all of our funds come from either private grants that we have written, um, individuals who donate or fundraising that the volunteers do for the organization. Uh, we've gotten some very generous startup grants. Um, we've gotten some from the, we, we received one from the Sandy Hill Foundation and one <clears throat> from the Glens Falls Foundation. And those two uh, grants allowed us to start our programming. Oh, so nice. we were very lucky with that. Um, we've had a few other uh, very specific grants that we've received that um, have helped us target specific areas. So like the Adirondack Foundation and the Glenn and Carol Pearsall grant, they've helped us focus um, on the North Country region where people really were hit hard during the COVID pandemic. Um, And they they, um, gave us an opportunity to reach out. In those communities, it was really tough because um, either internet access doesn't exist or it's very hard to come by, it's very expensive. And so those grants allowed us to come up with some alternatives so that way those folks could continue in the program and we could educate them about what was going on with COVID, CDC guidelines, getting immunizations, um, all of that kind of work. Nice. So we've had some really generous um, donors that have come through. So but, but funding is always an issue for any non-for-profit. Of course, yeah. So, and on that note, if anyone listening decides that they want to support your the work that your organization does and um, help their neighbor in that way, how can they get involved with donating? So, two different ways. Um, we have a website. It's trilitcenter.org. Um, there is a donation page up there. You okay. 
you can go through and that goes through PayPal. So you can use um, your PayPal account credit card to do it that way. Um, also, our offices in Crandall Library. So, okay. so checks can be mailed to Crandall Library. So it would be um, 251 Glen Street in uh, Glens Falls, New York, 12801. And they can just put it to Tri-County Literacy. Okay, very nice. And it sounds like you have some fundraisers coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because that sounds fun. We do. Um, we were pretty lucky. So we had to reincorporate in 2000, in September of 2000, because the parent organization that we had been a part of, um, because of COVID, lost their funding. Oh, no. And so we were kind of given 60 days notice that our learners were going to be without tutors. And so in 60 days, um, we turned everything around, got volunteers together and reincorporated. So last year was kind of a challenge trying to come up with fundraisers for a brand new organization that nobody knew about and be able to run them successfully in a COVID world. But again, as I said, my uh, board members and my volunteers are the most creative people in the world. Um, And so they came up with three different fundraisers. Um, Two are coming up pretty shortly. One is a scavenger hunt. It's a historical scavenger hunt. Okay. And it's based on um, each of our counties. So anybody that wants to participate in that, what they would do is they would register on our website um, and that'll be opening up um, early in April. Okay. Um, And they would get clues. So they'll get, they'll get 10 clues for each county that brings them to different historical places in the county. They're going to solve a riddle um, and then take letters from those riddles and solve another riddle. So it's kind of like the jumbles that you see in the newspaper. Okay. So it's a scavenger hunt with a riddle at the end that you're going to have to answer. And there's one for each county. So for each county that you finish, you get an entry into the grand prize. Okay. Um, We're still working on the prizes for that. So I don't have those um, down to a T yet, but I do know that there's at least tickets to the great escape in there. Very nice. Very nice. Um, So those, uh, and it takes place over two weeks. So a lot of, we found last year, a lot of grandparents who had their grandchildren over the school break in April did the, um, did the scavenger hunt with their grandchildren yeah so that's it was, a great idea so it was a big family event um but that was that was a number of people a number of families because they couldn't go anywhere because of covid so right. instead they spent their vacation doing the scavenger hunt which was fun wow and so you're looking for businesses to sponsor the scavenger hunt yes we are um so sponsorship is $100 for any business that um, is interested in sponsoring. And for that, what we're going to do is we'll take your logo. Each group, that, um, each person that uh, registers for the event goes to our landing page. So okay. your logo will be displayed on that landing page. Okay. Um, there will also be um, answer sheets, clue sheets that go out as a packet to anybody that participates. Your logo will also be in there. And then we're going to be doing individual company shout outs on our Facebook page. Okay. Um, and um, we do have quite a following on Facebook. So there will be a number of people that see your company logo. Okay. That's very exciting. And that is, um, that's a low cost of sponsorship. So I'm calling on you businesses to get involved. And so where, where can we go? Um, who do we connect with to sponsor? 
So you can connect with me in the office. Um, So you could either, if you go to our trilet.org webpage, you can um, get get my contact information there. Um, Or you can call the office at 518-793-7414. And that is also a cell phone. So if it's off business hours and you want to get a hold of me, you can go ahead and text. They do okay. answer the text messages seven days a week. Okay. So lots of ways to get in touch yeah, with you. Lots and of we're going to make touch. sure to share that information as well. That sounds like a lot of fun and a great opportunity to get involved there. What What are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? So for us, I would say probably the biggest challenge is if you think about who our clientele are. Mm-hmm. Our clientele are individuals who can't read print materials mm-hmm. or have difficulty reading print materials. So when you talk about a lot of the different ways that you get information out, a newspaper, a poster, um, printed materials, pamphlets, the individuals that need our help can't read that information. Right. So that's a huge challenge for us is actually going out and being able to find the people that need our assistance Um, so what we have done is we've started partnering with other social service organizations who are already assisting these individuals for other reasons and looking at things as a total pathway out of poverty. So that way, um, when they get individuals who could benefit from our services, then they're, they're referring them to us to be able to pick up the clientele. But that's really a difficult thing for us at this moment. If you need our help, you can't read about us. So podcasts like this are wonderful for us because they do, individuals do tend to listen to the radio. They tend to listen to podcasts. And so we're hoping that somebody out there hears us and says, oh, I have a friend that's going to need your help. And then they help go as that go, go between to get us um, connected with that individual. Right. Oh, great. I'm glad that we're able to help you get the word out. That's, that's really exciting. Well, um, is there anything else that our listeners might be surprised to know about Tri-County Literacy or any anything else you'd like to share with us, Roseanne? Um, we're really dependent on the community. Uh, we're 100% volunteer-based And so we really depend on word of mouth from individuals to find new tutors, to find new learners. Um, We have a great group of individuals that are doing incredible work, but if people don't know about us, if people can't find us and know what type of services that we offer, we can't continue that good work. So if you know of anybody, um, if you can share our Facebook page with individuals, if you can share our website, our contact information, act as a go-between. Sometimes people are a little bit shy and uncomfortable to call and let people know. Take that extra step and step in for them. Um, Find out the information. You would be really surprised. Most people embrace the fact that somebody cares enough. Right. To, to ask on their behalf. So take that little extra step. That's some great advice right there. <laughs> I really enjoyed talking with you and getting to know more about the organization. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And, um, I'm, I'm loving the space here. I love the fact that you, Thank you focus on the same thing that we do 
and it's on getting people to be able to take their skills and do the best that they can with them. And to me, that's just wonderful that there's other organizations out here that are in that same mindset. Yeah. Um, Just people have the skills, people have the talent. We just need to figure out how to get them to understand what they can do. Right. And embrace them and give them the path that they need and show them the way. So um, I was been really impressed with what you're doing here. Oh, thank you so much. You're and you're so right. It's about the support and the encouragement, right? So whether an individual is working from home and just distracted by everything that's happening around them, this is a great place to um, you know, flee those distractions and come and be able to focus and reach your goals. And, uh, you know, and the other element of that too is just working from home. It can be so isolating. And we hear that more often than you think. Um, even this week, we had a member join who said, I, you know, I have a great space to work at home and it works for me and it fits the bill. I didn't need space, but I need to be around other people and I need to be motivated by some of the things that other people are doing in their own business, the way they're reaching their goals, because that helps me to move forward in mind. So, yeah, and there's a lot to be said for just collaborating as well. I mean, yeah. I take a look at what we've done with our organization. I mean, right. I'm a sole employee, but reaching out to other um, social service organizations, other non-for-profits, you hear about their ideas, you hear about what they're doing, you hear about what motivates them, and it gives you ideas for what you're doing. Inspiration, absolutely. Inspiration, and it also gives you a feeling that you're either on the right track or not, right? based on what other groups are doing. And just having that little bit of feedback, you can alter your path before you get too far down a direction. And so just Hearing other people in that collaboration, I think, is just something that you're right. When you're home alone, um, it's very difficult to get that. Yeah. Well, you know, the only, you know, ideas or insight that you have are your own, <laughs> you know. So to be able to get around uh, other other individuals and, uh, you know, be able to throw out ideas or just kind of be listening as you're having those conversations around the water cooler. We like to say as you're having the conversations around the vault because mm-hmm. our vault is right off our kitchen. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, it's it's extremely inspirational and uh, the collaboration's a big deal. I I was talking with Kim Cook on the podcast and she was talk- saying the same thing: how different organizations are coming into the mission to be able to share with the individuals um, the resources that they offer that they may not otherwise have known were out there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're partnering with Open Door. We're partnering with Salvation Army. We're partnering with North Country Ministry. um, We're partnering with a number of different places, again, because you can't do it all and you shouldn't do it all. There's only so many things that you can really be good at. Yeah. And as long as everybody knows what everyone else is doing, you can work collaboratively. Right. And just the energy that you feel from other um, organizations. Um, I mean, when I first came into literacy, uh, Kathy Naftali from the library. So our office is in Crandall Library, and it's there because Kathy feels wholeheartedly that literacy is the mission of a library. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just not their area of expertise. And there was already help in in the neighborhood. But just her exuberance about it was, for me, 
like, okay, you've convinced me I'm going to do this. Um, because she's just, uh, she's just was, she's not, um, she's not connected to the organization in so much as being part of the board. So it wasn't like a sales pitch. It was just sure. something that she herself truly believed we needed in the community yeah. And she was going to do everything she could to make sure that it existed. That so. passion and that energy. Yeah, it's it's what we see here. And, you know, y- you mentioned a key point is that when different organizations or businesses or individuals come together that bring those skill sets to the table, it allows you to step away and focus on what you do best and leave the rest to somebody else. So absolutely. So necessary. Well, I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you again so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And um, looking forward to hearing what other people here in the community are doing. So I'm looking forward to see who you're talking to next. Oh, great. I can't wait to share. Well, thank you listeners for joining us for today's episode also. I can't wait to uh, hear about all that you've learned from my conversation with Roseanne. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions about the podcast or you know someone who's making a difference in our region, please take a minute to connect with us at justoffglen at gmail.com. And of course, you can always check in with us at info at worksmartgf.com. And we'll meet you here next time, Just Off Glen. Thanks for listening. This podcast was recorded at WorkSmart Coworking and Meeting Space in downtown Glens Falls and produced by Black Mountain Visuals. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Join us again next time. We'll meet just off Glen.